You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast 522. Sean King just takes the fun out of everything. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Five hundred and twenty-two. That's five two two for those who are counting. And uh, boy, we we might have a little bit of a long show, and we might have a little bit of uh, sound issues. But I'm not going to dwell on it. Neither should Guy. We'll no. move on, and we'll just crack on and give you the best we've got, which is pretty in the shortest fresh, amount of yeah. time. <laughs> Uh, well, real quick, um, part of the reason why the, the sound is going to be weird is because I bought some new stuff and I don't think it's set up right. And that's all I need to say about that <laughs> yeah, right yeah. now. Moving on. Moving, Moving on. on. So you ordered an iPhone 6 Plus? Sort no. of? No? no? Oh. No. No. I, I, I spent far too long. Well, uh, fortuitously, and it was fortuitously, I had a dentist appointment on Friday morning. Uh, which was booked way before the Apple event, so I didn't right. know there was going to be an iPhone release then. And it was at 8.50. And when I found out that the iPhone was going to be released at midnight, um, and we've actually, from memory, now I might be wrong here, but I think in the past, I've actually seen the iPhone, or I think the iPhone was released midnight in the country of release. So we would get it, you know, earlier than you guys. Uh, or be able to order it before you Earlier, guys. Right now, I'm. I think I'm right in remembering that. I could be wrong, and if if anybody tells me I'm wrong, then fine. I'll put my hands up. But I'm pretty sure that I've stayed up late before and ordered pre-ordered a phone um, before um, it was released or the order date was uh, set up in the US. Anyway, um, I found out that obviously it was going to be um, eight o'clock in the morning, which was twelve midnight. California time or whatever it, whatever the time was. So 8 o'clock comes and passes, and at 22.9, so that's four, pretty much 40 minutes of me waiting and trying to get on via my VPN um, through my work um, PC, through trying the uh, app store on the phone and on my iPad, I thought this isn't going to work. And about two or three minutes later, or just before I left, just before I left, it came up. The website came up. And I didn't have time then to go through the process of ordering it and, and getting it done. Um, it, it, in saying that, I have actually got one on order, but I haven't finished the payment process because there was a, a bit of an issue. So I have got one on order, but I haven't got one on order because the payment has been completed. <laughs> So got all so, bollocked up. Yeah, well, you may say that I possibly couldn't comment. Um, <laughs> and yeah. and but now, I, I mean, I was really pushing, and I was thinking I was going to be ordering the six plus, but um, you know, I'm I'm really undecided, and I'm I'm going to leave it a few weeks. And uh, squirrel, yeah. <laughs> And we're not going to talk that much about 
the the stuff that Apple just released in this part of the show because we we're we're going to have a we, uh, let me put that in the proper tense we're going to have a nice and I'm guessing kind of long conversation with Sean King on just those issues. What do you think, Gaz? I think we might just do that. Boy, we are so, we're we're like sickic. Sickic. Oh, no. Sickic, yeah. That's, well, that's we are a, sick, that's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's odd way of saying psychic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I knew where we... you was going, guy. You didn't have to explain. Uh, well, yeah, sometimes <laughs> I do. Just to explain it to myself. Should we get over to <laughs> mymac.com recent articles? Yes, please. You start. Okay. Um, what's... Oh, oh no, no. I, ah. What's happened there? What? What has happened there? I've just noticed that on the... I'll tell you what, start with the second one, because I'm just going to fix that first one. For some reason, my copy and paste hasn't worked, and I haven't given oh. you the, the name of the um, uh, the uh, the person who's done it. So Car- you you start with the, uh, the, the second <laughs> the next one, one on the list. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the second one on the list <laughs> is the Skiva USB Link Duo Sync and Charge Cables. This is a review by Bert Clanchard. This is Bert Clanchard, and I approve this message. Thank you, Bert. Plagued by too many cables, here's a creative cure. Skiva's USB Link Duo cables have a standard USB plug on one end, and on the other, a lightning plug and a micro USB plug. This tricky sleight of hand is accomplished by stacking the two plugs one inside the other. Go on over to MyMac.com to read Bert Clanchard's. This is Bert Clanchard, and I approve this message. See, I, I knew he was going to. Uh, and read the article there. Okay, now I'm going to go to the first article, which is now second, I'm because so guys did the second article first. But that was my fault. <laughs> so it's um, like, is this like doing the, the second part of the show first and then coming back? <laughs> Blue Ant Pump HD Sports Buds. This is a review by Russ Rolkovich. Russ has been running and working out for many years. And now, and since the advent of uh, portable electronic devices, the one pet peeve that he's had, uh, that he's never really found a set of headphones that will work properly once he'd started to sweat during the workout. Yeah. Yeah. Go over to the website and see what he thinks of the Blue Ant Pump HD Sport Buds earphones. Uh, I wonder if he had to send those back after he did the review. I'm not telling. <laughs> Next up is uh, Tech Fan number 177, iPhone 6 and the Apple Watch. The Apple event has come and gone. Tim and David discuss what's what. Also, Amazon, I love this, Amazon drops the Fire Phone in price from $199 to $0.99. Samsung gets no press love for the Galaxy Note 4. And Tim discusses the Clash of Clans type of games on the App Store. Go on over and, uh, well, you can can read pretty much what I just said, but go on over to iTunes and download that one. That was a good one. Nemo's 2014 Hardware Accessory Roundup Part 1 Vector Cup Holder and Rapu Optical Mouse Rapu Optical Mouse Just had to say that again This is a review by Nom G. Morosky This is Nom Gmo What's the message? I'm just about to tell you No drinks on the table 
John's students are really tired of hearing him say that at the beginning of each workshop. Now, they tell new students that Nemo insists that no drinks can be on the table before he's noticed the offending bottles, cans, mugs and cups. Go over to the website and read John's review on both of those items. Go on. He'd love you to. He does a full review. Just, Just don't take my word for it. Go over and read it. Go check it out. Uh, last, last up is the Audio Engine B1 Bluetooth Music Receiver. This is a user, oh, wait a second, user report review. Oh, oh, come here. Where's my, there? I couldn't find my cursor for him. Oh, I can find my cursor. Damn, 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 damn. This is a user report review by Nanjimo. This is Nanjimo. What's the message? The message is Bluetooth audio has arrived for serious music listeners. Connect Audio Engine's new B1 Bluetooth music receiver to your home stereo unit or other systems and enjoy the best wireless music signal available. Use your iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, or Macintosh to stream audio to the B1. Your music never sounded this good before. And if you would like to write articles for MyMac.com, <laughs> get a hold of, of John Nemo at Nemo at MyMac.com. I love, that hes- I love that hesitation. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> because you, you forgot to say something, and then you wasn't sure whether you should say it, and then you left it, and there was another hesitation as to whether you really should. No, let's move on. <laughs> It was brilliant. Okay, uh, Google Plus, usual amount of stuff in Google Plus. We haven't got time to go through it all. Go over and join Google Plus, join the community, and have lots of fun discussing lots of things. Now, do you want to take the email, or shall I? Uh, I should probably take it, because I think he sent it to me. Or did he send it to you, too? He sent it to me, too, you you naughty man. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. And I don't have I don't have my uh my nitwit Brit or Big Yank Tank thing. Oh yes I do. You big yank tank. There you go. There you go. Uh this is from Peter in Germany. He says, Hi guy and Gaz. I just wanted to let you know that there is actually someone out there listening. I don't believe that. I am always looking forward to the show. Hmm. And enjoy it a lot. Hmm. <laughs> it is actually my most favorite show. Hmm. <laughs> I, Did you I get always, someone to write this? No, no, I swear to God. This this is unsolicited. Thank you, Peter. I, I am like swooning over this. Uh, see, now I lost my place. I always try to listen to the show on my commute to work as soon as a new episode is released. I'm currently on vacation with my family in Brittany, France, and have some time to catch up on my podcast backlog. Uh, Gaz, I also had the chance to watch a British rugby match on French TV. Quite interesting. But the ref was kind of relaxed, standing next to the battling players and just watching them. Well, would you get in the middle of a scrum? I mean, really, Peter? (laughs) It's just something you shouldn't do. I think he was referring to there was probably a fight going on and the ref was probably just stood back and letting them get on with it. Oh, yeah, probably. Uh, Thanks a lot for all your efforts and time you put into the podcast to inform and entertain us. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Peter from Germany, currently on vacation in France and catching up on his podcast backlog. Boy, deja vu. Yeah. And thanks very much, Peter. That that is just, that makes our day. 
That just makes out. It does. Okay, we had a bit of feedback from Twitter. This is from Eric Diaz. Uh, Good old (laughs) Eric Diaz. Okay, and this I think is a bit of a soundbite. This is a what do we call them? This isn't a bumper. You think a bumper? Okay. Same crappy podcast, better sound. The G Men on the My Mac podcast (laughs) and mediocrity in high def sound. The G Men on the My Mac podcast. Thanks, thanks, Eric. We really appreciate it. Except this week. Yeah, well, yeah. Last week was was actually pretty good. This week, yeah, not, not so, so much. <laughs> I, it's a work in progress, people. I swear to God, eventually it'll get better. <laughs> Probably after Tim years. takes it's me taken, off the show. It's taken five years. So far. <laughs> <laughs> I keep changing my mind on things. I'm a blonde. What can I tell you? Yeah. Anyway, I'll get us out of here. Everyone, please. Stand by, hopefully for better sound eventually, to stand by, and we'll be right back with Sean King. Promise. Are you into video games? Well, check out one of the many club podcasts here on the Stoplight Network. There's Club Nintendo, Club PlayStation, Club Xbox, and Club Steam. Whether you love Mario, love Halo, love Crash Bandicoot, or just love some good old-fashioned PC gaming, make sure to check out one of the many club podcasts here on the Stoplight Network. These shows are weekly shows where we'll catch up on what we're playing, what uh, new stories are on that platform this week, and much, much more, all revolving around the wonderful world of video games. So check out Club Nintendo, Club PlayStation, Club Xbox, and Club Steam right here on the Stoplight Network. Hi, this is Don McAllister from Screencasts Online, and I never listen to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome everyone back to the MyMac.com podcast. It's already been, it's been an adventure. And as promised, we have Sean King from Your Mac Life here to talk to us. How you doing, Sean? Not too bad. You guy yourself? Uh, well, trying desperately to stay out of trouble and failing miserably. Miserably, yeah. Yeah, that, that's pretty much a given. So uh, when, before we get started on on talking about uh, you know your opinions on all the stuff that Apple just released, why don't you tell everyone at mymac.com podcast land, oh, that's a mouthful, uh, what exactly it is that you do to do. Uh, I've been uh, podcasting and before it was called podcasting. I started off uh, doing a online Macintosh focused broadcast back in way, way, way in, way in the internet back in 1994. So uh, over 20 years now, we actually celebrated our 20th anniversary on uh, March 19th of this year. And uh, it's better than getting a real job. Uh, the show we do is, is a podcast, uh, but it's, I always describe it as a more of a lifestyle show than a, a techie or geeky kind of show. Being Mac users, I generally don't need to talk about removing hard drives or putting in new video cards or things like that. There's lots of other right. podcasts that do that a lot better than, than I do because I'm frankly not that smart. So I tend yeah, to focus Welcome to on, our world. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> I, 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 t- I tend to focus more on the, the, the cool people and the cool stuff you can do with your Macintosh as opposed to the Mac itself. That makes sense. So, uh, the name of the show is your Mac life and you can find it, uh, not only at your dot com, but over. No, in no, 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 no. Did I mess Mac that up? Life. 
yourmaclifeshow.com. Yourmaclifeshow.com because it's a show. Exactly. It's, it's definitely a show. <laughs> and uh so you're uh, you're up there in uh in Connecticut uh, Canada. Canada. <laughs> Jazz, really? You're joining in on on on, on this Americanization thing? No, I just make it just makes me laugh. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm up here in a beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Now they have, don't they have those, a? Hang um, on, hang on. For those of you for, for the you Americans who are geographically challenged, that's north of Seattle, about two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, don't don't you don't you have a, a Canadian football team close to where you're at? Uh, right in town. It's called the British Columbia Lions. We have a whole league, okay. as a matter of fact, called the Canadian Football League. Yeah, because I used to, because there was a very short period of time when none of this has anything to do with anything. We're just shooting the breeze here. Yep. Uh, for, I think, like two years, the Canadian Football League expanded down to the south. Mm-hmm. And there was a team in Baltimore. And this, this was, was after the, the Baltimore Colt, Colts. Colts. Uh, after the Baltimore Colts had moved to Indianapolis and there wasn't a team, it was before the Ravens came or before Baltimore stole the Browns from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But that, that, that's a whole nother thing. And, uh, uh, I, I went to quite a few of the games and I really, I really, I kind of enjoy the, the Canadian, uh, football league interpretation of American football. Cause you only have three downs Yep, and the, the league or the league, the, uh, the field is wider and longer. And it's a lot more pass happy kind of picture. Um, if, if anyone here has ever seen an arena football game, it, it's kind of like that with, as far as the passing goes, but with a much bigger field. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, and that's why there's so much more passing because there, there is only two down or two playing downs. Usually the third down, you're, you're punting or field going field going right. and 12 people per team, per and 12 people per team. And they're allowed to be in motion. So that's a much higher yeah, forward motion. Uh, the other neat thing is that our end zone, unlike the American game, is the American game, the end zone is 10 yards deep. And so from the what they call the red zone, 20 yards in, the field gets very compact. You've got 22 guys inside that 30 yards. But in Canada, from that same point, 20 yards out, it's a 45-yard field because the end zone is 25 yards deep. So there's a lot more room for receivers to run around in. So, yeah, the, the game is much, much higher scoring generally than the American version of it. So if that's what you like then it's, it's a good game. A lot of the players are, for lack of a better term, failed NFL teams. There's no doubt the NFL is still, if not in fact, certainly in perception, the number one league with the, with the greatest players and all that kind of stuff. But so a lot of. Yeah, with, with the exception of the, of the uh, Detroit Lions. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of, a lot I threw of that in will, for Tim. Tim, Tim is going to kill me for saying a that. A lot of the players will try out for NFL teams. And when they can't make the NFL go to a CFL team or, or vice versa. And, but keep in mind, we've had a lot of great, CFL quarterbacks have gone on to success in the NFL. Uh, Joe Theismann. Oh, yeah. A lot of folks don't realize started up here. Uh, Warren Moon, the great quarterback for the Houston oh, Oilers. Oh, yeah. Uh, Houston Oilers. Yeah. Uh, Even Doug I've Flo- heard of Warren Moon. Doug Flutie was a quarterback up here. He won several Grey Cups. The same as Warren Moon won several Grey Cups, our version of the uh, NFL trophy, the Super Bowl trophy up here in Canada. So, yeah, we, we, we've had a lot of uh, really good players up here in Canada. Yeah. So um, that, that ends the sports section. There of the MyMac.com <laughs> podcast. So I, I imagine uh, next now week you hockey. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's hey, totally. I, I, mean, I ref my first game <laughs> yesterday, guy. Oh, for rugby? Yeah. Yeah. 19 yeah, Okay. Yeah, rugby. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right, moving on. Mm. 
Hey, Canada's got <laughs> Canada's got a good rugby team. Or it used to have actually. Well, it used to have. I'll, I'll have to take your word for that, Gaz. Because I, I played Not- rugby one practice in high school and went, "This hurts." Where's the pad? <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Jeez, these guys are big, man. Yeah, I went, yeah. I went to the football squad right after that because like this is stupid. I need pads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, and rules. On. Okay. Um. So, uh, did you? Were you able to? Uh, obviously, you weren't at the Apple event live. I don't yeah. think. Well, none of us were. Uh, were you watching it through Apple TV uh, or streaming in some way, or were you just following, you know, the Twitterverse or or various other sites? I would watching the video feed when I <laughs> could yeah. Yeah, that was really was and and embarrassing. That was oh my god. Yeah, keep it in perspective. I mean, Apple had tens of millions of people hitting their stream at the same time. Yes, someone on Apple's end screwed up, pushed the wrong button, did whatever. But in the long run, it eventually worked out. They had the feed up fairly quickly afterwards, so it was pretty much just us geeks and nerds who were bent out of shape over over the uh, the bad feed. But you know, it's certainly better than we've seen from a lot of other companies and and. uh, Apple has huge success with these things. So the, the occasional minor glitch is eh, annoying, but not that big a deal. But yeah, I, I did. I did also watch it again afterwards. Uh, once the video was able to be watched fully on the Apple TV. It, it, I, I think actually, Sean, it all depends how the press, um, portray it afterwards, sure. you know, because they could have said another Apple fail, you know, yep. along with and the, they did. the pre- yeah, yeah, but it's whether it's oh, yeah, then continued and whether they go on and on and on about it, which, you know, I didn't see too much of that. So, but another, uh, another issue from my point of view is that this is also uh, endemic of Apple and their inability to do good PR. <laughs> Apple could have very easily said either during it or afterwards, hey, folks, we're sorry. Here's what the problem was. You know, yeah. we pushed the wrong button or the, the satellite truck was pointing the wrong direction, whatever it was. Apple could have said something at the end of the presentation to ameliorate all the hurt feelings of us nerds and geeks. But by not saying anything, they allow the tech media to yeah, say, this yeah. is a failure. This is a bad thing. So some of this has to blame certainly has to be laid on Apple from Agreed. the point of view of the, of the actual screw ups, but also afterwards, if there's bad PR afterwards, it's a lot of it's on Apple's Apple's doorstep. Yep. Well, did you watch it with the Apple TV? I actually, because I was having or, so much problems, I was I was doing it both. I was watching Apple, trying to watch the Apple TV, but also trying to watch it off the web browser too. Okay, because I I know I heard some reports, and it happened to me as well. It it literally froze my Apple TV. I had yeah. to unplug it twice. Oh yikes! And plug it back in again. Yeah, I heard yeah. a couple of I people mean, and, say that guy. Yeah, it wouldn't even. It, I mean, I couldn't even go back. Wow. It was just completely dead. Yeah, was, but anyway, but that has that. nothing to do with the stuff that was actually released. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, think, I think the stuff that um, was actually released will. I think the stuff that was released will put away any hurt feelings that uh, folks may have over not being able to see it instantaneously. Yeah, eventually, eventually. So uh, w- one of the first things they talked about was Apple Pay, and uh, uh, what was your opinion on that? This is something that's been a long time coming. Uh, one of the things I've been seeing post-event is people either slamming Apple or confused. This is not going to replace your wallet, folks. This does not mean that you can cut up your credit cards and and and, and toss your your wallet into the into the ocean. You're still going to need a wallet for some things. For example, I don't know about where you guys live, Gaz in particular. 
I need to carry around my driver's license wherever I go, whenever I'm driving a vehicle. So I need to keep that around. There are loyalty. I just keep cards. mine in, in, uh, in pass, in passbook. Your driver's yeah. license? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, because a police officer, at least here in Canada, wouldn't accept that. Uh, at some point, we may have digital driver's license, digital passports, things like that. But right now, we don't. So you still got to carry something around. Uh, the other thing is people are whining about, well, what happens if my iPhone battery runs out? Well, the same thing happens if you forget your wallet at home. You don't buy the thing you buy. So the complaints are often rather silly. The overall idea, I think, is something that is... Apple is uniquely able to bring this to market. They've got 500 million, between 500 and 800 million, depending on which number oh, yeah. uses of those folks who have already given them their credit card. They're going to have inside of three months, what, 20, 30 million, 40 million iPhone 6 users? Right. Those well, well, not are- only that, but, but getting back to the credit card bit, um, remember that, that this isn't just limited to the credit card that you have entered in for your iTunes account, you can put other credit cards sure, yeah, into absolutely. Apple Pay. So it's not it's not just that credit card. Yeah, it's going to be any credit card that that, that you want to put into Apple Pay on your on your phone. It's going to make now one of the things I have always said is that it's really not that hard to pull out a credit card to buy something. This is not solving that minor minor pay point of reach. I mean, Apple showed it. I think that was kind of silly. Apple showing that on the, on the video of the woman opening up yeah. her purse and trying yeah. to find that kind. Of, it's not that hard. It's not, really not that hard. The thing it's, is, but it Apple, shouldn't it shouldn't be exactly. But Apple, I don't think could really say this given the events of last week with regards to um, the, the what's called what is being inaccurately called the iCloud hack of Jennifer Lawrence and other <laughs> celebrities' videos. Apple right. really couldn't push Naked the security gate. button. Apple really couldn't push the security button on that presentation. They really couldn't punch up how much this is a security issue because right now, when you give your credit card to somebody, there is a potential for that person to make a copy of it in any number of ways. So, and the other thing is, is and, 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 and Gaz knows this, this is all kind of funny for us outside of the U.S. because almost <laughs> everywhere else, we have this thing called chip and pin. Our credit cards, our debit cards have a little tiny computer chip on them. And when you go to a restaurant, for example, rather than giving your card to the waiter and the waiter walking away, in Canada and in Europe and other places, the waiter brings this little device, this little terminal to, to you. You slide your card in. It does your credit card payment right there. The waiter never take, never touches your card, never takes the card and goes someplace. So it's kind of a minor problem. That's why it'll be a bigger deal in the U.S. than it is in, in Canada. All that being said, I think this is great. I think this is going to be a really interesting thing for people. And I think it's going to take off hugely. The most interesting thing was I saw yesterday, I think it was, where Walmart and Best Buy both said that they will not accept Apple Pay in their stores. And I think the over-under of them changing their mind is two years. At some point, at they're most. going to change. At, at, exactly. That's why I say over-under. You know, you pick whether it be less than that or more than that. I think it's definitely under that because what's going to happen is people are going to go into Walmart. They're going to go into Best Buy and say, hey, I want to buy that TV. I want to buy these groceries. Here's my Apple Pay. And they're going to say, sorry, you can't pay that way. Customer's going to walk out the door because they're not going to have their credit card with them. They're going to walk away. 
And you do that with the millions of customers that Best Buy and Walmart have, they're going to change their mind inside of two years. And yeah, um, the, oh, I lost the whole, you know, train of thought was, was just left the station without me. I hate derailed. when that happens. Oh, totally derailed. Um, can I, while you're one trying to get back th- on the ra- guy, while you're yeah, trying to go get ahead, back on please, the rails, please take um, over. What I was going to say was one of the things that um, I was thinking through as you was talking there, Sean, and that was the fact that actually what happens is when you go into a shop is you've got your wallet on you somewhere. Yeah. Uh, normally. And you have to take just a second or two to actually think, now, which pocket is it in? But I'll tell you one thing. You've got a smartphone. You always know which pocket that lives in. And you'll, uh, if you've not actually got it in your hand um, already when you go to the, the checkout. So, you know, I think it will actually speed uh, speed up you know, throughput of customers paying. So that's one thing that the shops have got to look at. Yeah, the transaction speed is going to speed up. So that the, the shops have got to look at that, definitely. From my point of view, though, I don't need a faster way to spend more money. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't need- no, no, but I tell you what. No, but I tell you what, though, Sean, you'd like a speedier queue. True. You don't. And, that's and, true. And, and, and Gaz, you probably never had this problem, but when I first moved to the states, I was amazed because it doesn't happen here in Canada. I don't know about the UK. I was amazed at the number of people who wrote checks for groceries and things in stores. Talk about slowing down a queue. Yeah, oh my God. So much here. That doesn't I was like, yeah, let me pay that for you. <laughs> you can't write a check. <laughs> Jeez, that was annoying, man. They had to get back up. Yeah, on I, I know. You see it mostly, you see it mostly in grocery stores. Yeah. Yeah. It was just blew Which me away. Always. It's, and, and, and the thing about grocery stores is, you know, you go into an American grocery store, they will have 12 checkout lines and nope. two cashiers. Yeah, no kidding. You know, every single time. So you'll have this big, long line of people. And for me, whenever <clears throat> whenever I go grocery shopping, it always seems to happen. I'll be behind the person with the groceries stacked up to the ceiling in their cart. Yep. And then after they get that last item on, I have absolutely no opportunity to jump to another line that's shorter. Yep. I yep. see them pull out the checkbook. And it's yep. like, oh, you son of a <laughs> oh. <laughs> you I'm really looking forward to paying for my Apple, uh, my, my iPhone 7 with my Apple iPhone 6 <laughs> and, and, and Apple. Play. I think that's going to be kind of fun. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you put you put talk the of, iPhone six down. And you look at the screen, and it's got like a sad face on it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Talk, talk about keeping it in house. But I think it's I think it's going to be huge. And the, and the other thing is for the listeners out there, keep this in mind. This is something Apple has done in the past for any number of things. But and this is the thing I think is brilliant about Apple, and the thing I love about watching this company. This is just step one. Yes. The way Apple Pay is going to work, what you'll be able to use it for, is just the beginning. Now, let your imagination go wild with what you think Apple's going to do with Apple Pay version 2 and version 3 and version 5. I think this is really, really going to be interesting. Right now, it's just about going to a store and buying your groceries or, 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 or buying a movie ticket or things like that. But as this catches on, and it will catch on, people keep pointing up, well, Google yep. Wallet had this for years. And they had NFC for yeah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's like there was smartphones yeah. before the iPhone. There was there was MP3 players before the iPod. All those arguments fall by the window, fall by the wayside. 
doesn't matter how many Android fans want to say, well, we've had these things. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Apple yeah. is the only company that can make this stuff. You just, can, you just, you just throw it in their faces because it's quite easy to say, yeah, but you never used it, folks. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. And I'll be the, and, I'll be and, the first and no store and nobody else was supporting all those features that you're saying you had first. Great. You had all those features. Yeah. You had NFC. Isn't that wonderful? And, how often were you actually able to go into a store and use it? That's right. That's right. And because be Apple one. with have, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. And I'll be the first one to admit, I didn't see NFC coming. I thought Apple yeah. wouldn't get involved in NFC because in the reason why, because I misunderstood what Apple sees I beacon for. And it wasn't until I talked to a couple of, shall we say little birdies at Apple that clarified it for me. NFC is for payments iBeacon is for locations. Yeah. And I didn't get that part. And in version two of both of these things next year, whenever Apple brings it out, imagine how stores can tie iBeacon and NFC Apple Pay together. Remember, you don't have to go to yep. a cashier at Apple stores anymore. You can pick something up off an Apple retail store shelf using the Apple store app, buy that thing and walk out without ever talking to a staff member. Imagine doing that in Macy's. Imagine doing that in your grocery store. Imagine doing that in other places. That's the future of this. Well, they do, but you get arrested afterwards. Well, yeah, true. Exactly. And that's, and that's my, that's my junior high school, high school career right there. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's move away from, from Apple pay and let's talk about the phones. Now they've got a 5.5. And a 4.7. Now, I know that both Gaz and I and a lot of other podcasters were saying there is just no way that Apple will release two different size phones while keeping a third size phone in the background with the the 5 and the 5C. And, of course, we were all completely wrong. So Apple releases a 4.7-inch phone and a 5.5-inch phone with Android fans once again going, we were there first. And, yep. you know, who cares? Great. You know, <laughs> you know I'm, I'm, if, if having a bigger phone first is something that's really important to you, well, you know, if that makes you sleep better at night, good for you. But uh, looking at these two size phones, uh, both Gaz and Sean, uh, which one are you interested in? Let's start with Sean. Oh, definitely the uh, iPhone 6 Plus, the the, the man-sized phone, the, the, the He-Man phone, the Hulk phone. Guess? <laughs> well, I had a big, and I'm still going through a process of trying to find out which one I'm, I'm actually going to use because I'm very much a one-handed user of my current phone. Uh, it it it. It sits in my right hand and, you know, I can, I can do almost anything with it in the one hand. Yeah. Okay. Funnies aside, please. Funnies <laughs> okay. aside. I'm um, not going there. <laughs> yeah. No, me, me neither. And, um, I've tried to replicate the size of the, um, the iPhone plus and I'm, I'm, I'm almost, I'm on the verge. I was actually on the verge. If Apple hadn't failed, uh, on the website ordering, uh, on the Friday morning, I would have actually ordered one. But as it failed, I came back in the evening. I thought, okay, Apple, you've done me a favor. They're now on three to four weeks. I'm not going to order one. I'm going to wait and see what people are, are saying about them. I'm going to go into a store. But I have a feeling because of that, um, uh, because of the camera and because of the, oh, no, what's the, 
um, the camera's got something uh, that the uh, six hasn't. It's optical the optical image stabilization. That's it. Yeah, the, the optical uh, stabilization. Yeah. That is a biggie for me. I think me on the phone, and I, I've got a feeling that that might just sway. I'm hearing a, a lot of people who saw the phone because um, they were at the event. Uh, a lot of people, namely Dave Hamilton over at uh, uh, the Mac Observer, and Mac he's Detail. saying that yeah, yeah, Mac, yeah, and he's saying a lot of good things about that plus. So. I've got a feeling it's going to end up being the plus, but it really has to feel right in the hand because that will change. If it's too big to do what I do at the moment in one hand, <laughs> yeah, this could go all sorts of ways, couldn't it? Um, then yeah, yeah. I may have Nowhere to go good, for the yes. I know. I may have to just go for the six, but it's going to be a tough call. I'm really disappointed that they didn't just, you know, keep a little bit of the thickness in there on the the, the six, like they've got on the 5S, and perhaps see if they could put that stabilization in the phone. They've got a di- real differentiator between the two. And, um, you know, you know what's going to happen in the next iteration, the six and the six plus, because you're going to have another iteration of these two phones, I think. And the six next time around will have yeah, that optical stabilization. You know what it is for me? It's actually two things for me. It's it's the camera, definitely. I'm a professional photographer, and I'm really interested to see how this camera works. I teach photography classes, and one of the things I teach is iPhone photography. So now I've got to have, in, in my mind, I justify it by saying I've got to have the latest and greatest. But the other part of it is Apple has an excellent return program that I can buy this phone and yes. use, it for, use it for 14 days, and if I don't like it, I can take it back. So from my mind, I'm thinking, well, go big or go home. If I have the same issues that Gaz has where you know, I'm very much a one-handed user myself too. But the thing for me is also because of the size of the screen, right now I carry my iPad, my iPad Air around with me wherever I go. And it's for reading primarily when I'm on public transit or in the airport or on the plane or things like that. I'm getting old. My eyes aren't, aren't what they used to be. And I can read a lot much more comfortably on the iPad Air than I can on my 5S, iPhone 5S. But if my iPhone 6 Plus can allow me to read long-form articles and read a lot, I'll read for two, three hours while I'm sitting in an airport. If I can do that on the iPhone 6 Plus, either I don't bring my iPad Air with me or it stays in the luggage. And the other thing is, can I edit photos on the iPhone 6 Plus? Right now, Using uh, my favorite app for photo editing is an app from Google called Snapseed, and it's yes. not very it's not very usable on the iPhone 5s. It's great on the iPad Air. Well, can the iPhone 6 Plus fill in that gap between the five and the iPad Air? So there's a few considerations for me wanting for the reasoning reasoning for wanting to have the the big the big iPhone I, 6 Plus. What about you I guys? Suppose- I suppose, uh, Sean. Actually, also that would you'd, you'd also push that down the um, the video editing uh, option as well. Sure, absolutely. You know, yeah. To, yeah. So, guy, questions over to you from yeah, Sean. Yeah, with uh, the the pinnacle, the the pinnacle <laughs> app for editing video is just mm-hmm. amazing. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, I when I was first looking at the two sizes phones, I was like, God, you know, I I really don't need a phone that that's that that is that big. But yep. from watching the the presentation again uh two things kind of struck me is you know two of the apps that i use the most often is safari and mail and i honestly despise mail on my iphone it is just such a horrible horrible app agree but with the six plus they do 
kind of like with the iPad where you've got all of your emails on the left-hand side and then the, the, the email itself on the right. And the same thing with Safari. There's some built-in functionality for the 6 Plus as far as those two apps go that you don't get with the 6 or phones that, you know, obviously the 5 and the 5S mm-hmm. or the 5C. Um, so with that in mind, uh, when I finally do replace the, the 5S I have, which will probably be sometime in October, which is when my, my son Guy gets out of contract with his HTC One. Um, yeah, I'll probably have to go with either the 64 or the 128 um, 6 Plus. The other thing that a lot of folks may not be conceptualizing is, and this might make it easier, stop calling the iPhone 6 Plus the iPhone 6 Plus. Call it the China iPhone or the Asia iPhone, because that's where this is targeted. Yeah. That's why Apple brought this out. Giant phones, phablets, as they're called, are not particularly popular here in North America. I don't think they're particularly popular in Europe. They are huge throughout Asia, in particular China, the largest market is, in the world, and yeah. India, the second largest market in the yep. world. That's who Apple is going to sell millions of these things to. And so for those folks who are wondering, why did Apple do this? Yeah, if you're basically a white person living in Poughkeepsie, New Jersey, it, Apple didn't buy this for you. <laughs> Apple Sorry, Apple didn't build this for you. This was built for the huge market that's up and coming in China and Asia in general. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, so I, let's I do, let's move on. I, I do see Go a lot ahead, of um, phablet type phones in uh, in Europe. I mean, there's a lot in my place of work uh, where the guys use them. But generally, generally, it is a smaller size, which most people have. It's just more. It's a convenience factor, isn't it? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the elephant in the room, which is the Apple Watch. What do people think about that? I think in general, it's a neat idea. It's not for me, uh, if only because I'm a lazy, sedentary SOB who doesn't move out of, off his chair for weeks on end. The the, the fitness, uh, for me, it's it's... I think it's a very interesting product and I can see how Apple is going to sell millions of these things. It's got no interest to me personally, but I'm not going to say this is a bad piece of equipment. I can see a lot of people really wanting this. A lot of it's gimmickry kind of stuff. Uh, No offense to anyone who has loved ones, but I don't care to have your heartbeat on my wrist because if it stops, I'm going to worry about you. You know? Well, maybe. If you exactly, exactly. But I mean, you know, seriously, if, if your wife is sending her, your sending you her heartbeat, oh, isn't that sweet? But if she turns it off and doesn't tell you, you're going to freak out. That's going to blow your mind. Call 911. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think there could be lots of insurance claims coming in here, actually. That's right, exactly. And, and, but, <laughs> and, and then, then you have idiocy from a guy who I respect a lot, Stephen Levy, formerly of, of a Wired and now writing his own stuff. He said, can you imagine what the black market for Jennifer Lawrence's heartbeat will be? Dude, you don't really understand women, do you? Or geeks. <laughs> the geeks who stole those pictures don't care it's about her heartbeat, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Got no. nothing to do with her she, heartbeat. She could not have a heartbeat, and they would still exactly. be interested. Exactly. So, so from that point of view, <laughs> it, it's not a device for me uh, because I, I, I don't need the functionality of it. I don't see how it could replace my iPhone because for the most part, the Apple Watch has to have 
an iPhone in close proximity to it. So for me to get a phone call or messages, it's not that big a deal for me to take my make, take my iPhone out of one of my pockets and and look at it. The other thing is, and and Apple knows this, everyone knows this. App watches are intensely personal devices. That's why Apple has said this is the most personal device Apple has ever made. I have a 12-year-old gorgeous Tissot T-Touch smartwatch that I bought in the Peachtree Mall in Atlanta, Georgia, 12 years ago when I was there for the Apple opening of the store in the mall. I still have that watch. It might be the oldest thing I have. It might be the most expensive thing I own, too. And I love that watch. I put you that have, watch on every single day and love the feel of that watch. I can't just, imagine. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you've just reminded me of a very key point, actually. I was given for my 18th birthday part, uh, 18th birthday party, my 18th birthday, two watches. One was a Timex wind-up watch, mm-hmm. and one was an LCD watch. It was, yeah. you know, state-of-the-art at the time. Which one have I still got? Exactly. I'm betting the Timex. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. So for, for me, the, the, the Apple Watch has got no interest for me personally. I'm not going to buy one. I'll, I'll be very curious to, to try one out when Apple starts sending out review units. But I don't see, for me personally, the value in it. Now, for the larger market, for fitness buffs, for folks who like this kind of gadgetry, yes, I'm curious to know. And maybe you guys can answer the question from either your own personal experience or from friends and family. Will this convince folks who don't wear a watch? And next time you're, for listeners of the, of, of the show here, next time you're out and about, look at the risk of people in your daily life, either on the train or the bus or at work. How many people wear a watch now? Will this convince those folks who don't wear a watch to, to buy one and start wearing a watch? Yeah, but more or, to the point. Or will, to, will it convince so, folks like me who have a Tissot watch, who have a, a personal watch, who have, who have a watch that has some sort of history to them, can this thing convince me to put the Tissot aside to buy the Apple Watch? I don't think so for me. More to the point, though, Sean, will it encourage those people that haven't got a watch on to also, if they haven't got an iPhone, go out and buy an iPhone at the same that's right. time? That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, one doesn't go without the other. That's right. Uh, now, that being said, for me think, personally, Go ahead. I think uh, Tim Cook said that they've got an audience of about 200 million iPhone users that could, the, the, the combination of the, the iPhones that can link up with the watch. That's the yeah. current audience they've got that they're aiming sure. at because they made, I think they made it quite clear that you need an iPhone with this, this yes. device. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, for me personally, my problem isn't so much with the Apple watch, but the market in general for wearables. Mm -hmm. I don't understand the point of having another device that hooks up to another device that you already have on you. Uh, For for what I would have liked to have seen. And and I don't think and the the, the biggest holdback for this, I've actually written an article for mymac.com, but I don't think it's out yet. um, Is that instead of having a watch that's tied to your phone, why not have a small monitor the size of uh, a, an iPhone 6 or a 6 Plus that's tied to your watch? Mm-hmm. So your watch is providing the basic functionality. <clears throat> I'm sorry, excuse me. The watch is providing the basic functionality of a phone. It's, it's allowing you to take your phone calls. It's uh, keeping track of your contacts and your appointments and, and all of those things that you 
you know, typically would use cellular data for. And if you need more space to see something, okay, well, you've got this small little monitor in your pocket that's tied to your watch and you can break that out and, and look at it on a bigger screen. And the other thing that would be required for something like this would be a small earpiece, you know, Bluetooth earpiece that sits in your ear so that you can, you know, instead of holding your, your, your wrist up to your, to your mouth, Dick Tracy style, you're just walking and talking naturally with, with a Bluetooth headphone uh, in your ear and Siri kind of works into this as well. You want to make an appointment to say, uh, uh, for the dentist, you basically, you know, touch something on your watch and it brings up the appointments app and you say, okay, uh, appointment for my dentist at 10 15 on May 4th, 2015 from 10 30 to, you know, whenever. And, you know, Siri is kind of walking you through it saying, okay, well, do you want to notify anybody else about this? Yes. I want to notify my wife, Tracy. And then, you know, Tracy is included on, in the, uh, 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 what's the word? Um, uh, not so much announcement, uh, notification Notifications, yeah. of this appointment. Uh, anyone else you want you, all right, my works, my work contacts, and you've got all of your different people that, that you work with in this one group and a notification is sent out to all them as well at the same time but you're not taking anything out of your pocket. You're not, yeah. you know, everything that you're trying to, to use typically a phone for other than movies and, you know, games and, and all that other nonsense is being done on this watch that's on your wrist, but you're never taking anything out of your pocket unless you actually need to look at it for more information. Guy, I think, I think actually this will develop because if you think about the usage of the, the very first iPhone when it came out, now agreed, we're, we're further along that, the sort of expectations of what can be done with these sorts of devices perhaps than we were with a smartphone when Apple first brought out the real, um, the first real smartphone. And if you look at the differences and what you can do on the iPhone now compared to what you could then, I think the same thing has got to happen with the watch because I think it what it can do now I think it can probably do very well and it in comparison to the other devices that are out there it'll probably uh, having not seen it having not been able to touch one I don't know for sure but it'll probably blow them out the water but there well, are more than likely, but this is, but this, this would still be, this would be a standalone device. This, no, no, this, no, no, no. But what I think, I think, uh, yeah, actually, I th- yeah, but I think the phone, uh, the phone and the watch relationship will develop, and the f- the way this device is being used and the feedback that Apple will get will develop the device as it moves on. Guy, you said something really interesting. That I don't think a well, lot of folks think, uh, really are, are paying much attention to. You said that. Um, you, you, you're not crazy about the fact that this the watch connects to the iPhone or requires the iPhone. Remember, the original iPod required a connection to your Macintosh or to, later on, your Windows machine. So there's a history of devices requiring other devices for functionality. And, and then, over time, Apple breaks that connection. I think the same thing will be here for the iWatch. Sorry, iWatch, listen to me. The Apple Watch. And as, <laughs> as, as Gaz said, this is just the first iteration. There is going to be an Apple Watch. Either right. the next ver- I say the next version or the version after that will, along with other companies, Apple will bring on board along with the HomeKit software, will allow you to 
maybe start your car simply by getting into it and touching the watch will enable you to open your front yeah, door some, of your something, home. something with CarPlay. Exactly. Exactly. All these things fit together, kids. These things don't happen in a vacuum. Apple does these in things because, because in six months, a year, two years, they're going to tie all this stuff together. I saw back in, oh man, probably 10 years ago at CES, a connected home where you're the, the key fob that many of us carry around now for our cars that lock and unlock the door served as the key to your house too. And not only that, but when you walked up to the door, not only did, you, did your door unlock because you had that key fob, it opened too. You have to buy a new door with one of those swinging bits on it, but that was kind of cool. You know, if you had an armful of groceries or if you've got a sleeping kid in your arms, the door opened up for you. So imagine more of what the iWatch, damn it, of what the Apple Watch can do. <laughs> imagine more of that. This is just and the first this is this is just the first iteration of it. And no. the first iteration, I don't see a whole lot of value in it, but I do see, hopefully, I think, the future of, of the Apple Watch and the future is going to be very cool. And that's where your beacons will come in. Well, and, and the nice domestic, thing about that, that will also domestic. uh also remember that that with now that Apple has released a watch. That's going to force everybody else to take their crappy smartwatches and make them better too. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's the, the, the okay. future, um, the future certainly is of connected devices and Apple is leading the way. Again, doesn't matter what anyone else says about it. Apple are the guys, same with Apple pay who can tie all this stuff together and other folks stuff will get better. Motorola's and Samsung's, it will all get better because of Apple leading the way. Okay, last thing, because we're running really, really long here. Last thing before uh, we take our break and we let you go, Sean. Um, the other thing that, that was kind of glossed over that happened last week, uh, more important, I guess, to, uh, to us techies than to other people who, if they had been interested, this probably wouldn't have happened, was the, uh, the demise of Macworld Magazine mm, as a yeah. print as, as, as a print, uh, uh, brain not working today entity as, as a, as a magazine itself. Yeah. Thank you. Magazine. Um, what, I mean, how do you feel about this? I'm, I'm sure you had a subscription to Macworld magazine for quite some time. I did. I had subscription. Yeah. Look at me. Now I got, I've, I've, I've caught the guy disease. Uh, uh the, <laughs> you, you caught it from me. I caught it from phone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mac, Macworld, and I mean, I'm old enough to have subscribed to Macworld and Macweek and Mac User and Mac Mac Addict, all, all the other Mac Today for crying yeah, out loud. I, sure. I go back that far. But this Mac was Week. not Mac, yeah, Mac Week. Yeah, this was not a surprise from the, the point of view of the magazine going under. IDG has been signaling this, if nothing else, behind the scenes for quite some time. The problem I have with it is that the Apple market, the Macintosh market, the iOS market is exploding. Apple is selling 4 million Macintoshes a quarter. I mean, I remember back in the days when we were happy if Apple sold a million Macs in a year. And yet somehow IDG cannot make a magazine work in the days of an exploding market. That's more on IDG than it is on print, in my opinion. When you have a market that's demonstrably growing, why can't you tap into that? 
the other issue is, and yeah, it's, so it's sad that that the magazine is going away. One of the problems is that the time of a magazine in general is a paper magazine, a dead tree is going away. Is, is certainly limited, exactly. Especially one that, well, it's not necessarily true of Macworld magazine. Tried to be up on the news. You can't do news. A lot of folks may not realize this, but most magazines, especially uh, magazines of the type of Macworld, have a three month lead time. The articles you read in the last edition of Macworld Print Magazine, which will be the, the November edition, were written three months ago. There will be nothing in the editor's letter or in a column about any sort of news that happened last week, two weeks ago in the magazine. And with the web being so immediate for most people, the, the, the dead tree edition of a lot of magazines are going to go away. But there was still a place for long-form editorial or opinion pieces or how-tos or things like that. How-tos, yeah. That I thought Macworld should have been more targeted at over all of these years. But yeah, it's not a surprise. Uh, it's unfortunate. The biggest issue is so many of the folks that uh, many of us know by name, uh, some of whom are personal friends of mine, um, lost their job in the worst possible way. And this is where I'm really ticked off at IDG. IDG is known to be an awful company and has been for years. Um, just not knowing what the heck to do with, with the properties they have. The, 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 the slow demise of Macworld Expo is another example of this and the death of the editorial freedom of Macworld.com. The reason why we go to Macworld.com and there's auto playing ads has nothing to do with Jason Snell or any of the writers of the magazine. It's got everything to do with the marketing department taking over Macworld.com and ticking us off for the stupidity that they posted on that website. So it was the Jason Snells and the Dan Morns and the Dan Millers and all those folks who lost their job the day after, the day after working as dogs, as hard as they possibly could, getting all the content of the biggest event of the year. And the day after, IDG fires these people. That's that tells you all you need to know about IDG right there. They could have waited a week. They could have waited till the end of the month. They could have waited, but they didn't. They got one last day of long, hard work out of these people and they fired them. And then threw them to the street. Exactly. Exactly. That's what you, that's all you need to know hmm. about IDG, right? Well, what, what do you think this portends for, uh, the Macworld Expo? Do you, do you anticipate it, it even being around next March? Next March, yes. Or do you think they'll uh, cancel it? No, uh, uh, next March, definitely. Uh, the March after that, uh, 2016, I will say no. I'll go out on a limb and say, and say no. That, I mean, Macworld Expo is, the perception of it is that it's a worldwide expo, and I've gotten a lot of heat from the Macintosh community, in particular from IDG for saying this. It's no longer a worldwide show. It's a regional show. 75% and IDG yeah. knows this stat 75% of the folks who attend Macworld Expo live within a hundred miles of the Moscone center. That's a regional show. Yeah. But within that hundred miles of the Moscone center are 5 million people. How come IDG can only get 15,000 of those 5 million people to come out to their show? Can someone please answer me that? Why isn't again in this market of more Mac users than ever before, more iPhone users than ever before, more, iPad users than ever before. Why is the show still shr shrinking? Why can't they interest 
a larger percentage of those 5 million people to come to Moscone for a day or two. And it's because of, in my opinion, well, the other, the other outstanding issue, the other, the other outstanding issue is, uh, the amount of, of press covering the expo has, has dropped dramatically. I mean, I remember going like the very first one that I've gone to in modern times was in 2007, uh, you know, same year that the iPhone was released and you would walk into the press room and you would be hard pressed to find some place to sit down and God forbid you had to plug in your laptop or anything, you know, good luck on that. When I went last year, I walked into the press room and I swear to God, I thought I was going to see tumbleweeds go across, you know, go across the floor. We had, uh, my Mac had, uh, five, we had five people. There was myself, uh, Elisa Pacelli, Vicky Stokes, John Nemo, and Mark Rudd. We had five people there Mm -hmm. and I'm willing to bet that we had more people there than any other organization that covers, uh, Apple and Mac news. Including Macworld Magazine? Yeah. Yeah. I would bet that like, there was no, well, you know, who knows where, where those guys go. They may have their own offices that they can go to, but yeah, you walk into the press room and, and there was like, there was like no one there. Yep. And it's sad when, yep. when you think about when you would walk into that press room and you know, every time you pass by someone's table, it was like, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. You, you're going to go to the to, you know, whatever the event is, is for that evening. Oh yeah, we're going to be there too. And, and, and you walked in this time and it was like, you know, you expect to see Clint Eastwood on the other side going, what are you doing here? Guy. And and make no mistake about it. So I mean, go ahead. Make no mistake about it. I love Macro Expo. I get accused by IDG and Paul Kent that I hate Macro Expo and want to see it fail. No, I want it to be a huge show. I, I remember my very first Macro Expo way back in 1995 or 96 and walking into the Moscone center in New York city and just being blown away by the huge hall. There was 300 vendors and there was stuff for every single person was in. Oh, yeah. The Jacob Javits center. Love, love those shows. And yeah. so I have, I have, and the other thing about I went Mac to Expo, the 2000 and 2001. The other thing about Macro Expos is it's less about the products. I mean, I can cover a Macro Expo sitting right here in the chair I'm in now from a product point of view. It was always about the people. It was always about meeting, seeing those folks every six months or every year as it turns out now and reconnecting with not only just listeners, but friends and and other journalists and uh, industry contacts and that kind of stuff. So I, I want Macworld Expo to succeed and to be an absolutely huge show. But I've also got to be honest with my listeners and your listeners that the show is no longer what it once was. And sadly, from what I see and what I hear behind the scenes, IDG just, does, after Apple left, IDG just doesn't seem to know how to attract an audience to that show. And it's really, really sad because it's the days of the Macintosh community, capital C community are certainly over for any number of reasons, but I don't think the days of a trade show are over. For example, you look at uh, CES, the iLounge pavilion at CES is huge. Now, everyone in the, in the media community hates iLounge and very few of them will give iLounge their proper due when it comes to CES, but they've built the iLounge villain at CES, and people don't realize this because the Mac media won't talk about it. 
iLounge Pavilion at CES is bigger than Macworld Expo. It's got more attendees. It's got more vendors. It's got more press. It's got more uh, exhibitors. It's got more floor space. It's literally three times bigger than Macworld Expo. But do you see folks talking about the iLounge Pavilion at CES? No. It doesn't get the media attention because people don't like iLounge. They don't like people who run iLounge. But it's got to be said, that's a bigger show right now than Macworld Expo. So, yeah, I, I think Macworld Expo at some point in time, yeah. I think within 2016, is sadly going to be canceled for whatever reason IDG pulls out of its ass head. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no, ass is fine. You can say okay. ass. You can say damn. You can say uh, I, bastard, you know, anything along those lines. But I think I think that the 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 demise of Macworld Expo, like the demise of Macworld Print Magazine, is entirely at the feet of IDG and their mismanagement of both properties. Oh, and it will be a shame. All right, yep. Sean. Before we go, why don't you tell everyone where they can go to get a hold of you? You can go to or on the iTunes Store. Do a search in the iTunes Store for your Mac Life or Sean King S H A W N. I'm not spelling King. I refuse to spell King. Or you can go to our website at yourmaclifeshow.com. The show is live every Wednesday evening at 5:30 p.m. Pacific time, 8:30 p.m. Eastern time, and it's a it's a show. We've got IRC chat rooms. We have emails. We have uh, Jim Downerpools on every week. We have guests at contests and all kinds of fun stuff. So please join us this coming Wednesday. All right. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Sean. Yep. And uh, Gaz, why don't you get us out of here? Everybody, stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. From the iTunes independent author Donnie Yankelo of Looking for a Dinosaur comes two new books your children will love. There's Jungle Jammin', where the animals form a band. Who will play what instrument? There's also Pirate Soars, where pirates and dinosaurs are combined in cool and fun ways. Both books feature full-color illustrations and rhyming sentences to keep your child thoroughly entertained. And at 99 cents, either one will break the bank. So go to iTunes and check out Pirate Soars, Jungle Jammin', and Donnie's previous children's book, Looking for a dinosaur. I don't want to be in Finley cause it goes to bed at nine. I don't want to be in Bowling Green because it's plastered all the time. We love our listeners and the police would very much like to talk to us about it. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Hi everyone and welcome to the final section of the MyMac podcast i i think we're gonna have to have sean back you know guy i really do yeah but uh, we'll have to do it when there's like no other breaks in the show because <laughs> oh that but it, it was fun to talk to him yeah yeah cool yeah cool. i wish the delay hadn't been so bad i mean yeah, all that, that delay just problem. made me nod my head hit it it's time for gazzy's tip Gaz's tip. Uh, command plus right arrow moves your cursor to the end of the line if you're in pages. However, command plus shift and right arrow highlights the line from the position of your cursor. Equally, using the left arrow takes you to the start or highlights back to the start from your cursor position. And yes, 
you've guessed it, using the app and down arrow with the methods that I previously just mentioned, uh, will take you to the start or end of the document. Just in case you need to highlight the whole document in one go, just press Command A. This also happens to work in some other uh, applications as well. I have repeated this from earlier an earlier tip, but I think it is so useful it was worth repeating. I would agree. Nods his head. Ah, hit it! That's the end of Gaz's tips. That's the end of Gaz's tips. That's the end of Gaz's tips. Is that the uh, the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? Gaz's tips. We are just flying through this section of the show. Shoo 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 shoo. And uh, speaking of of things that I I didn't do, I also didn't do a, a certain thing at the end of the show this week. Oh, damn, damn, diddly, damn, doo doo, damn. <laughs> God, what is wrong with me? Oh, the things that entertain me, guys. The things yeah. that entertain me. Yeah. Speaking of being entertained, do you have an app pick this week? What a great uh, segue I that I do. Was. I do have an app app pick, and this this costs five dollars ninety nine in the app store in the iOS. Sorry, in the iOS app store. Um, it's quite good to play with. Somebody pointed to me th- to this app uh, at work. And I've been having, well, quite a lot of fun with it. It's called Wind Tunnel Pro HD. I think there is a free version. I think. I'm not totally sure about that. You'll have to um, take a look. But Wind Tunnel Pro HD. And as the description says, it's basically an algorithmic wind tunnel on your iPad or your iPhone. And you can basically... It's got some... um, uh, objects already included, which you can pull out and put onto your um, onto the um, onto the screen, and obviously there is wind which comes along in streaks, and you can adjust the strength, the viso- vis- vis- viscosity. <laughs> if I can speak, viscosity, the speed. You can also have just free uh, a free flow. There's all sorts of different options in this, and if you're interested in actual airflow and wind tunnel effects and creating objects which will work obviously for whatever reason and who isn't for five dollars 99 <laughs> or i think it's about 2.99 i think it's two pounds 99 in the uk might be a bit more um this is just it's great fun to play with and actually it's quite it's probably quite useful to be perfectly honest with you <laughs> <laughs> so go and oh. take a look Go take yep. a look and, and see just how much fun you can have with um, with objects in the wind. Uh, I don't have a sound effect for that, thank God. <laughs> uh, I, my app pick this week, uh, once I finally actually had one, is the, the Netflix app for iOS. Absolutely free, um, though only really useful if you actually have a netflix account otherwise it just takes up space so if you have a netflix account make sure you get the netflix app for ios because it's just freaking wonderful (laughs) i'm just just thinking guy i've just spent all this money on netflix why the hell wouldn't i get the app (laughs) (laughs) well at least they don't charge for it because they're just great guys they really are. 
Yeah, good pick. <laughs> Shall I do the people's pick? <laughs> Please. Okay, and you're going to have to tell me who this... You're going to have to tell me who this is from at the end, man. Come on. I forgot okay. who, who gave this to me. While I'm, while I'm reading it, you go and find that piece of information. Michael Cassell. That. When I've finished, you can tell okay. us. Okay, I won't remember. <laughs> Mac Mini, sorry, Mini Review. This is a Logitech rechargeable trackpad for the Mac. Could you not do that, please? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is a Logitech rechargeable trackpad for the Mac. Pros, it's rechargeable. It's flat. Uh, Michael doesn't like the angle on the iPad, on the Apple trackpad, which is obviously to match the aesthetics of the keyboard. But it makes his hand ache. Uh, this is also a pro. It supports all Apple's gestures, or all Apple gestures, I should say. It has a slightly larger surface area, ha- as sensitive has sensitive as blah, 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 as sensitive as the Apple version. See below. Right cons. Really stretching here. He says may appear to be slightly less sensitive, but it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> really good. He Ooh. says he thinks that the angle of the Apple trackpad probably transfers force more readily to the small switches at the front that are the feet. Most people are more heavily handed than me, so you really have to concentrate to feel the feather weight difference. Simply in terms of the angle alone, he prefers this to his Apple trackpad. All the functionality is there too. He picked it up from Amazon for £15, which is a modest saving of £35. That's not modest, Michael. That is not modest. That's around $50 on the Apple version. It seems to have leapt to £25 now, but even then, it's a great saving. And that's from... Michael Cassell, I remember (laughs) Wow, I'm on a roll. You are. You are. <laughs> and speaking now, of roll, I'm hungry. <laughs> we have an iTunes review. Uh, you take it. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, iTunes review in parentheses, not parentheses, uh, exclamation mark. This is from uh, Lightbulb Danger or Joshua Martinez. He's from the United States on September 8th, 2014. And he writes in his review, Warning! Do not listen while you are on a stepladder changing an LED light bulb while you are in the kitchen. You might start laughing, lose your footing, and almost drop the LED light bulb. Good point. Good point, Joshua. Great show, G-Men. You got my day started off on the right foot. Well, except for almost breaking an LED light bulb, apparently. Keep up the great work. Google Plus, 131 members. Well, what an odd thing to put into iTunes review. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, oh my we got we got God. his day starting off on the right foot. I uh, nearly fell off the ladder. I know. <laughs> would we get sued for something like that? Would we, would uh, we be no, like no, culpable? No, no, no. We would no, no. We wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't get sued. You might, but I oh. wouldn't. So I'm okay. Right. Well, as long as you don't get sued, that's well, no, because I'm the straight bit. man. Ah. Oh, okay. Oh, there's so many ways I could go with that. Yeah, people but believe that. Don't they? I'm yeah. I'm being good. I'm trying to be okay. good. So if, if like um, Joshua Martinez, uh, you could do us a review in iTunes, that does us no end of favors. And thank you very much for everybody it does. And you will, if you send us an email, uh, receive a wooty. So I don't know whether, whether Joshua has sent you an email, Guy. 
Yes, he did. And I have Excellent. sent him his Wooty. Good man. And that's exactly what you could get. Now, if you're going to send us an email, Guy, how would they contact you? Oh, it is so simple. It is much simpler than even trying to do this podcast. Just send that to Guy at MyMac.com, G-U-Y. Or you could get a hold of me on the Twitters at Twitter.com forward slash MacParrot. MacParrot. How, how could they get hold of you, Gaz? Ah, oh, that would be Gaz, G-A-Z, at MyMac.com. How else? Ooh, Twitter.com forward slash GazMaz, that's G-A-Z, M-A-Z. And uh, is there some way they can get a hold of both of us? Uh, yeah, really easily, actually. Twitter.com forward slash Guy and Gaz, G-U-Y-A-N-D-G-A-Z. You can also send an email to feedback at mymac.com and also call in on a Skype number, although we're not very happy with Skype this week, but never mind, which is plus one seven zero three four three six nine five zero one. That number once more for people who didn't catch it the first time or on the other 300-odd shows that we've done or whatever the number is. Plus one seven zero three. I'll start again because Guy interrupted me, as he's apt to do. Plus one seven zero three. Three four three six nine five zero one. Guy, I think. <laughs> oh, you didn't. <laughs> no, I, I know that you like to say thank. Well, you. I, well, I was. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say, you know, thanks to all of you for downloading the mymac.com podcast. We really, really do appreciate it. We do this show just, just because it's therapy, folks. It really, really is therapy for the two of us. Um, if you would like to, and you certainly do not have to, please go over to Patreon, uh, Mac Parrot. And, uh, if you can go ahead, you know, sponsor the show. If not, just keep getting the show because we'll keep doing it no matter what you do one way or the other. So, and on that note, Gaz, I think this is the yeah, best guy, show. Before, before you say that. Yeah. It might be therapy for you, mate. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like prison time for <laughs> other people. Prison time. <laughs> Yeah, but go on, so, man. Car- well, I, carry I, on with what you was going to say. I was going to say, you noticed I got one in there real quick, that I think <laughs> this is the best show ever, ever, that we've ever done, and that, oh my God, we're good enough. We are so smart enough, and doggone it, people still like Timmy more. Perch, non-E, <laughs> possible guy, Pagar, a tenton. Perch, lui, a, un, tizio, pazo, gaz, a, un, santo, per, la, mesa, con, lui. Lui, lui. Oh, no. Get away down low. Yeah, 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 yeah. End. End. Oh, God. Thanks for downloading this podcast. You can find lots of other great podcasts on the Stoplight Network, like Four Pigs, The Bell Tolls, Geekiest Show Ever, International Film Club, Let's Talk Podcasts, The Casual Heroes Podcasts, Tech Fan, The Deeper Look, The Mac Gist, Nintendo Club Podcast, and Three Geeky Ladies.
Okay. I was going to go, push it, non nelle possibile, guy, pagare, attention, push it, lui, in tortisio, puzzle, casa, in santono, per la massa, con lui. But I decided not to. Well, you notice I, I didn't even bother to change the language this week because I was just trying to type in something as fast as I possibly could while you were doing your, um, your app pick. Because mm. that's right when I did it, too. I thought it might be. Yeah, I had like, and for people listening to this, the after show, I, I was so unprepared. I didn't have an app pick. I didn't have my little language thingy down there on the bottom. Uh, there's this high-pitched, annoying whine that's in the background that I'm hoping I can get rid of. Uh, oh, wait. No, that's my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to put up with that every week. That's every week. Yeah, that's that. hey, that's 24-7, Gaz. 24-7. Yeah, I just, yeah, I feel for your wife. Yeah, well, I'd, oh, boy. Ooh. <laughs> All right. I Are you feeling for her or, you know, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, go to bed, Gaz. <laughs> Okay, and let me hit, just to be on the safe side, I'm going to hit call recorder from Skype. Okay, so I've got my main backup, test, test, and I'm seeing levels. Uh, Would you both count down from five and do it in any particular order? Three, this is Sean King. Three, two, one. Your turn, Gaz. My turn, really? Really my turn? Okay. Five, four, four, three, two, eight. Eight. I like Eight. eight. It's right. a good number, especially if you're in Asia. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on, get diverse, guy. I'm very confused. Read a book. I know. <laughs> you don't know, guy. Okay, have you got your Why'd pick you, in? Yeah, bring us in. Oh, wait, no, I don't have a pick. Oh, damn, 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 damn. <laughs> <laughs> that was so polite. Oh, damn, 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 damn. Dam, 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 dam. Oh, dam, damsy, damsy, diddly, dam. <laughs> Wait, what was that again? Dam, damsy, diddly, dam, dam. Yes, yeah, something like that. Dam, I damsy, like it. diddly, dam. I like that. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, poopy pants. <laughs> dam, damsy, diddly, dam. Dam, damsy, diddly, dee, dee, do, da, dee, da, damn. Poopy pants. <laughs> I, I don't have any idea what the hell to recommend this week. Where's, I, I can't even find iTunes. How can I have two big screens and not be able to find anything? <laughs> Well, it's because you've got two big screens that you can't find anything. <sighs> okay, I'm ready. Wait, no, I'm not. Damn it. Oh, crap, sorry. I accidentally mean to hit that. I was trying to bring up soundboard and I accidentally hit one of the squares. <laughs> do you know, there are times, Guy, when I really do think just how professional you are. Uh, you big yank tank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> time ago and i have to pick it back up again because uh, i quite enjoyed it he has literally pissed off almost every single mac podcaster out there when he says that no one will have him on their show he's he's not kidding um and part of it is you know he's a guy 
that speaks his mind and doesn't really care whether or not you agree with him. And if you write or say something that he thinks is stupid, he will get on Twitter and say, you're an idiot because you said that, you know, whereas a lot of other people would be like, well, you know, you could have phrased that a little differently. And, and I'm not sure I really agree with you, but you know, no, Sean will just come in and go, you're a f- and go on and on like that. And to the point where, you know, the, the other guy will just, you know, crawl away and cry because, you know, Sean King is being an online bully. You know, I, 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 I like the fact that, that he's a take no prisoners kind of guy because you really sometimes just need someone like that out there. Um, I'm, I'm not that kind of person. I, I can't, I can't do that. Um, but I, I appreciate the fact that there is somebody out there that does. 